Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw. Dirt? Dirt sheets? Uh, Dirty. This is Matt Chat. Uh, someone had an idea of calling it Lock Up. Oh, I like, I that, like too. that. I like that too. Lock Up. Go, welcome to the first episode of Going In Raw. Lock Up. Do you get new graphics for this to me tonight? Mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm, uh, yes. Tentatively titled Going In Raw. Lock Up. Lock Up. All Matt right. Chat. I like it. Matt Chat. Anyway, this is the show where we debate the show formerly known as Dirt Sheet. That's on Mondays now. We do that live. That's all news. Fridays, we take somewhat topical stuff given to us, sent to us by our patrons. Yeah. Our $20 and up month. patrons. And up, they yeah. send us video debate topics. Mm-hmm. We debate them. Yeah, that's right. Right here. You guys can, of course, debate these topics yourselves in the comments. Feel free to do that and feel free to hit that subscribe button and uh, give us a like. Although I don't think it really likes matter. It's all about the subscriptions, the sub- subscribes. Watch time. That's hey, the most I think, important I think thing. they made this. But is the sponsorship button live? Is that for here or just gaming? I don't know. I don't know. Either. You're on YouTube here. You look. Yeah, I'm looking at our videos right now. All right. Anyways, let's get to these debates. Oh yeah. Okay. First one is from Michael Barry. Let's see what Michael Barry has to say. What's going on, friendos? Quick question for the debate. So, my question is, what promotion with endless amounts of money? And endless TV deals could dethrone WWE. Each of you pick one and defend your answers. Thank you, Michael. Thank Barry. you. I'm going to go first here because I think I have the easiest case to make. This ahead. is easy. There is one promotion given unlimited resources who could arguably uh, uh, compete with the WWE, and that is New Japan Pro Wrestling. They have, without a doubt, the finest in-ring wrestling in the entire world right now. Their roster is incredibly deep. Um, uh, uh, regularly, every show, at least minimum, two four-star matches, according to Dave Meltzer. Look it up. It's a fact. <laughs> Probably not. But I'm going to say it to, to bolster my argument. Good job. Best wrestling in the entire world consistently on a major stage is New Japan Pro Wrestling. They have huge stars. 
Kazuchika Okada, The Rainmaker, right here. You get Kenny Omega, Tetsuya Naito, uh, Minoru Suzuki. Who am I missing? Michael Elgin. Michael Elgin. Uh, Zach Tanahashi. Sabre Jr. Takahashi. Zach Sabre Jr. If you want to, if, if, if you're a player in in da, da, da. the independent wrestling scene, no, and and you really, really want to take things to the next level, you have two options. You have NXT or you have New Japan. And New Japan is the hottest thing in wrestling right now. Give them a, a Vince McMahon type money. Huge worldwide phenomenon. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. They already make an inroads in the States. We went to the two shows in Long Beach uh, beginning of July. Both sellouts. Palpable buzz. People who love pro wrestling love New Japan once they see the product. That's all it takes. Give New Japan, give New Japan a decent TV deal here in the States, and they will blow up huge. Give them WWE-type resources, a worthy competitor to Vince McMahon. You counter that. Okay, it's fairly easy. Nobody here in the United States speaks Japanese. So there's a language barrier, a massive language barrier that you have to get over. You know who doesn't have a language barrier? Impact Wrestling featuring world champion Eli Drake. Let me ask you something, Larson. What's been the biggest roadblock to Impact Wrestling making any headway over the past 15 years? We can do an entire countout about that We can subject. do several countouts, but number one on any list is money. They always have money problems. You know why Bobby Roode left? Money problems. You know why Eric Young left? Money problems. At one time, TNA was developing the hottest stars in the wrestling industry. Names like AJ Styles, Satmoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, etc., etc. At one time, Impact Wrestling was doing really, really good things. Right now, they are not. But you know why? Because they don't have the money to do so. They lost the Hardys. Why? Because of money. What the question indicates is that we have unlimited resources to deal with. What's the only uh, pro wrestling company in the country that has a, uh, a TV production unit that is anything comparable to the WWE? Impact Ring of Honor. Wrestling. Ring no, of Honor. You haven't seen much Ring of Honor TV, dude. They really don't. Um, it's Impact Wrestling. And look, here's the thing. It, this is obviously Fantasyland. And by and large, I'm kind of arguing this is a joke. But if the idea is you have unlimited resources, Impact Wrestling is the only company that has a foothold in the... And granted, that foothold is... Tenuous. Mighty tenuous. But it still exists. Like them or not, they've been around for 15 years and somehow they're still around. If they all of a sudden got an injection of unlimited resources, unlimited resources then yeah, they could probably poach quite a, quite a few names from WWE, from New Japan, which, by the way, their X Division does feature names like Trevor Lee, uh, other people that I like. Well, up until recently, they had low-key. I like low-key. Um, and, uh, and their women's division is pretty decent. I think Impact Wrestling, given, like, we, like Michael Berry is suggesting, unlimited resources... You think John Cena would turn down $50 million a year from Impact Wrestling? Yeah, I think he would. He probably would. But he might consider it from New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> no, <laughs> off the no he wrestling. wouldn't. That's the thing. No, he would, if, he's not, if he wouldn't accept from Impact, he wouldn't accept from New Japan. Because John Cena doesn't really care about wrestling. He cares about growing the John Cena brand. Yes, and what better way to do that 
than to go overseas. Yeah. New continent. Here's the thing, Steve. You mentioned uh, uh, the, the heyday of Impact Wrestling when they had AJ Styles, when they had mm-hmm. Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode. Here's the thing. Even with all that talent, even with stars like Sting, uh, Hogan attached to Impact, well, they couldn't do anything. They no, couldn't compete with WWE. They went head-to-head, and Monday Nights got demolished. Okay, that was, that was a really bad move. That was the thing also. Is not only was it money problems... It was really bad business decisions. It was. Like bringing in Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it was awful. Terrible, terrible business. Like working with Vince Russo. Terrible, terrible idea. Terrible business decision. Uh, relying too much on on sort of the castaways, on the cast They were trying the to WWE. essentially revive WCW I know. circa 1998. That was a terrible idea. It was a terrible idea. But they tried, and that was their plan. Yeah, it was a bad idea. But even with that, even with some star power attached to their company, it failed miserably. Here's another thing. Yes. Most Americans can't speak. Failed miserably. It's still in the air. No, going head to head with WWE failed. They miserably. have a very lucrative revenue split deal with Bob TV. I'm sure it works wonders for them. Here's the thing: most Americans can't speak Japanese. You are right. Yes, I know. But pro wrestling fans all speak the same language, and it's universal. The language if of you're pro going wrestling. To dethrone the WWE. What do you need? Good wrestling. Casual fans. You need casual fans. Well, right now the WWE doesn't have a whole lot of casual fans themselves. Well. You think Brock Lesnar ain't going to go where the... You think Brock Lesnar offered $50 million? You think he's going to say no to that? Oh, he'll say yes. He'll say yes to that. But we've seen lately how he's been impacting ratings. Not very much. Well, he hasn't really been around that much. There's there's far more options for uh, TV viewers these days, and I would dare say TV viewers are are a lot more open-minded about what they'll watch as opposed to what they were probably 30 years ago. You know, the bigger... Even 10 years ago. The bigger parallel uh, that you should be drawing from is not... What Impact did with bad business moves. You should be looking at what WCW did with unlimited resources. Yeah, they failed miserably because bad business decisions, bad creative. They almost put WWF out of business. Still went to That's they, what they did. But they ended up going out of business. Because of unlimited resources. If you have unlimited resources and a good vision mind for business, you could put the WWE out of business. Which but New Japan has. What, they have not put WWE out of no, business. No, but they have, they have a good business plan. Yeah, there's no way. Here's the thing. There's no way. There's no way that a large enough audience. I'm like, I, I really hope it happens. But the bottom, they do have a language barrier issue. That they're New Japan has a better chance, an infinitely better chance than GFW Impact TNA ever will. If you get unlimited, re- unlimited re- now they do. Yes, because New Japan has very. Hold very on, smart though. Here's the thing. People. Here's the thing. Even with unlimited resources, it still seems like no one knows what's going on in with GFW Impact. It's still run like a. They don't have unlimited resources. They're I know bleeding they money. I know, but still, the business operations aren't exactly top-notch over there. Yeah, no, you, get, you need good business operations. Which I'll admit, that's what New Japan has. Yes, that's they my whole point. Really you didn't even make that point. I, I just made it for you. Ago. I made it for you. I made that point at least two minutes ago. You just aren't paying attention. You think, you think Gato isn't going to take his booking prowess to impact for 50, no 50 million dollars a year? Heck. For $50 million a year? No. 50 Five zero million. Because are you Japan, high? If New Japan had unlimited resources too, they'd double that offer and keep them. No, but do you don't. Both companies don't get unlimited resources. That wasn't the question, though. Well, only one company gets unlimited resources. I feel like New Japan has their chance to get unlimited resources because given the trackers with the impact, oh, you know it's going to be a disaster. Nobody has. A, nobody can have unlimited resources. Hey, let me ask them. If you Dixie went, Carter's dad almost had unlimited resources. He had them. a lot of money. If you had six hundred, if you won six hundred million, I don't know. What I'm saying six hundred. If you won six hundred million dollars, uh huh. In the lottery. Yeah. Would you invest in a wrestling company? Not a chance in hell. Really? Nope. You wouldn't put, you just for fun, you wouldn't, a million dollars, you wouldn't start something? Well, a million dollars won't get you very far. Uh, Ten million dollars. No. That'd be fun. It would be fun. It would not be a good investment. 
No, it'd be a terrible investment. What do you care about investments? You're, you're, you're sitting on $500 million. I'm not just thinking about myself. I'm thinking about my children and my children's children. Okay, so put... Uh, 200, Actually, I'd probably give like two-thirds of it away to, to charity. Put $200 million in uh, a mutual fund. Your family is set for life. You still have $400 million to play with. Then I'll give that all to charity. You're going to have $400 million? Yeah. Well, can you give it to the... W. Steve W. No. League? No. The fund? No. W. Steve W. Fund, really? No. What's our next question, Lars? Next question is from A.O. Worm. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys. What's going on? A.O. Worm here. So, quick question real quick. Yes or no? Do you think the W will start developing more characters like the Velveteen Dream to appeal to the open community or more so the homosexual community as they were trying to do before? Or do you think that the Velveteen Dream is just a one-of-a-kind superstar that the WWE is going to just stick with for a couple of years and then slowly trinkle into making more characters like him. Thank you. Thank you, A.O. Worm. Yeah, interesting question. So the Velveteen Dream, from what I can gather, obviously there, you know, this past week on NXT, there were some uh, definite uh, romantic overtones, undertones, undertones. Uh, from the Velveteen Dream approaching Aleister Black. Uh, the, the audience noticeably gasped, and some people popped for uh, when uh, Velveteen Dream uh, g- invaded Alistair Black's personal space, yeah. if you will. I thought it was a great moment. Oh, it was moment. fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, the Velveteen Dream is obviously dripping with sexuality. That's his gimmick. On Twitter, he has sort of indicated that he is uh, above brand when it comes to the uh, the issue of sexual uh, identity uh, with sexual proclivities. Um, that being said, you know there are obviously some sort of uh, aspects to his character that would get people asking, "Is is he a gay man? Is that what's going on here?" Um, which is a great question to be asking, and and I think that this character is very interesting, and I'm glad they got Patrick Clark to portray yes. this character because. I think he seems like a guy who, who's got a massive amount of creativity mm-hmm. with how he's portraying this character. Um, so the question is from uh, A.O. Worm. Is WWE going to develop more characters like the Velveteen Dream? They indicated it a year or two yeah, ago. Yeah, it was about a year ago. You talked about Stephanie McMahon mm-hmm. announced that they were going to uh, start incorporating more LGBT characters mm-hmm. into their yeah. programming. Yes. Yeah. So is this the route WWE is going to take? Uh, Larson, what are you going to say about this? Uh, yeah. Oh, I go first, though, right? Yes. Okay, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say no. Not in that they're not going to develop more characters that uh, perhaps could be homosexual um, or L- LGBT. I always have a problem with that. Um, with saying that. Uh, I-, I think that they can only go to that well so many times without risking stereotyping, you know, like if they if they came out straight up and said Velveteen Dream, if, if if they made some press conference, if they did some press conference, this is our new gay character, the Velveteen Dream. You know what I mean? Like I don't think they're going to like just because a character is a homosexual that they're going to sexualize that character to the nth degree. So I don't think they're going to represent characters who happen to be that uh the way they are with Velveteen Dream. There's only so many things you can do with characters who are overly sexualized. I think it'd be great. You discovered that uh, Sonya Deville is an openly... Yeah, according to this, this is a Uproxx article from okay. last year with the, the announcement from Stephanie McMahon about mm-hmm. uh, their plan. 
and it mentions yes, uh, both Darren Young mm-hmm. and uh, Daria or Daria Baronado, who's now Sonia Deville. Um, uh, who are both openly gay performers so I think in WWE. I think it's much more likely that they would be signing uh, individuals uh, who, you know, because most of the time these days when they sign somebody, <coughs> I mean, Velveteen Dream is obviously sort of an exception to this. But when they sign somebody and they bring them up, like, usually they're just sort of an extension of their actual personality. You know, guys like Roderick Strong or whatever, you know, they bring, you know, they, they have, they sign him. Roderick Strong seems like Roderick Strong, and they do these little, you know, uh, documentaries about him, like we saw. They did like a two-parter where you see his family. I think it's much more likely that if they were to incorporate more gay characters into their into their storylines, it would be done like that. Like you know, they would they would they would be some documentary type things done on them where they would you know talk about oh you know this is this is my this is my lover my partner whatever. And it would just be so happen that it's a gay couple. You know, I could see that being... I think uh, the guy who broke, not broke, but who got concussed from the Authors of Pain, Anthony Bones, yes. uh, he's openly bisexual. So if they were to go back and sign him, I could see them incorporating that into just who he is, mm-hmm. as opposed to somebody with like the Velveteen Dream, who is just an overly sexual character. So I think that's the path that they would take when incorporating uh, more characters uh, that are openly gay or L- LGBT or whatever. I think we're going to take different routes getting the same point because okay. for the most part, yeah, you're correct. I, I, so long as they can avoid or they make a point of avoiding stereotypes mm-hmm. and incorporate uh, 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 LGBT characters, incorporate that into their storylines so it's not um, exploitative or stereotypical, mm-hmm. then absolutely they'll, 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 they'll do more of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There, I... I see no reason not to. Yeah, that's. I mean, like I said, we literally. I think in the end, we're 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 in a complete agreement. And that, yeah, they they will do more. They will feature more LGBT characters in their programming. Um. I, I, yeah, I just don't see. I just don't see them doing it in the manner that they do. Like no, 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 no I mean they're not going to do another Velveteen Dream. Obviously, because every time they introduce a gay character, it's going to be like a super sexualized gay character. <laughs> I don't see him doing that. So yeah, no. we're arguing the same point. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, I think. This, I mean, this is the kind of this is the kind of thing that we both like really agree on, and it's really difficult to take a, a like a, a hard line black or white, you know, yes or no tack to it. So, yeah. uh, Stevie Bradley has a question. Let's see what Stevie has to say. Hey, friendo, Stevie B here. Um, Larson, I heard your plea. For more video debate questions. So I'm going to go ahead and have one that's been, especially recently since SmackDown has really felt like a repeat the last two weeks. Do we need more pay-per-views, network specials? Because it seems like the last two weeks have just been retreads of the, the Jinder and Shinsuke um, uh, the Kevin Owen, well, not uh, the Baron Corbin, AJ just seems to be spinning their wheels until they get closer to Hell in a Cell. So, do we need more pay per views to advance storyline so we're not spinning our wheels every week on SmackDown or Raw? Thanks, guys. Thank you, Stevie Bradley. Thank you, Stevie Bradley. Yeah, absolutely. Sure, why not? More pay per views, more network specials. They got Starcade coming up. Put that on the network. We need more, more, more. You see what happens when there's too much time that lags between big pay-per-views? Storylines get boring. So give them something. Give them more things to drive towards. More network specials. More pay-per-views. It adds more, you know, they, they, the writers seem to be so stuck on this. Well, we have to drive towards pay-per-views in order to turn storylines left and right. So pff, screw it. Every two weeks. 
Do more stuff like uh, the SmackDown in Vegas. Do like more themed episodes of SmackDown or Raw as well. I know that's not the question, but uh, well, that's just not your perspective. Yeah, but yeah, add more, uh, add more pay per views. Sure, why not? It gives us more things to talk about here on the show. You go ahead. No, there shouldn't be more pay per views. There's already too many pay per views. Yeah. There should be one pay per view a month. Not at all. Period. Not per brand per month. Period. Oh, wow. So every two months you get a pay per view, except for the on, major four. Sitting on friggin' eight episodes of SmackDown. Yeah, but what? But as you mentioned before, the all the motions, these special episodes of SmackDown or Raw during the months they don't have pay per views, uh, make them spectacular, like mm. the Sin City SmackDown. Make them special events, but not on the network, just on cable television. That's what you do. You don't have to have every story culminate at a pay-per-view. Sure you do. Not really. But they do. They do. So have more. Not right now with the, the, the their business model. When it was on pay-per-view, yeah, because people were shelling out 60 bucks a pop. But now when, when network subscribers, you got one half million people paying $10 a month regardless of, of, of the quality of pay-per-view. Because a lot of times the pay-per-views are garbage. Mm. And they don't really advance story on pay-per-view as often as they used to because there's so many of them. Yeah. Um, Another aspect to consider, attendance now. Not that great. Yeah, pay-per-views bring in more people. Not if there's too many of them. Absolutely. Because people get tired of, well, you don't know that. Of, of, of having three shows, potentially. A pay-per-view, a Raw, and a SmackDown within a 100-mile radius of each other. <laughs> that's, that's People get over, get bored of the product oversaturation. Yeah. Major issue. There's already too much WWE product right now. Yeah. There's too much. There's what? There's uh, For us, we have to watch a minimum of seven hours of WWE product every week. All great. I enjoy doing it, yeah. but it's a lot. That's not including a pay-per-view. That's an extra three. Three words for you, Larson. More is better. No, that's not always Quantity the case. Quantity equals quality. Not always the case, that's man. That's true. Absolutely. Um, I don't actually agree with that. No, that's not true at all. <laughs> we need... We need uh, you know what? Here's my thing. <clears throat> I think we've said this before. In terms of network specials, Airing paper, airing house shows live. I would love to see that. And that was one of the options in the survey WWE Network just sent out was was airing house shows, not necessarily you know specials or, or mm-hmm. one time special events, but just house shows. That'd seeing uh, wrestlers be a looser like they are at house shows, they're I not know. so strict about conforming I to know, their character. It'd be nice to see that kind that of stuff. That could drive attendance too, because it's how much fun those you know house shows can be. Exactly, but no, just having more pay per views to, to avoid redundancy is not the answer because. I can think of a, num- a number of pay-per-views where stories weren't really advanced. They added to the redundancy of a storyline rather than improved it. Um, just, just I, th- I think fitting storylines into the pay-per-view schedule is what's is, is is what's causing this redundancy by adding more pay-per-views. I don't necessarily think that's the solution. Mm-hmm. I think focusing less on pay-per-views is the solution because the business model is different. You're not trying to get people to dish out sixty bucks a month. People already subscribe to the network. They're going to watch. More house shows. Yes, uh, more house shows. <laughs> less TV, less pay-per-views, all house shows. All house shows. That's all they did back in the day. What I was know, wrong with that business I know. model? Two televised shows during the course of the month. Can we go back to closed-circuit TV? Guess Quarterly all? pay-per-views. Communal watching? Yeah, yeah movie like theaters. Close, yeah, that'd be great. That's all good. I'd watch that. Next, from Carlos Hackworth. Let's see what Carlos has to say. Hey, what's going on, friendos? Uh, my debate topic for you guys. Steve, you are to debate why it is best for Neville to go for the U.K. title. Um, uh, come up with a story, um, kind of book it. And Larson, for you, uh, booking why Pete Dunne should become the Cruiserweight champion, other than him being a Cruiserweight and other than Neville being, you know, an actual U.K. guy. So, um, 
you guys are to debate which one is actually better, which one is will, will be best for business. Uh, thanks, friendos. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Carlos. Thank I like you, Carlos. I like this when people give us uh, the point of view we're supposed to argue for. I like it. Me too. Uh, I'll go so, first. Okay, go ahead. Since you went first last time, right? Yeah. Or did I? Doesn't matter. So uh, Carlos wants to know. Uh, first of all, should Neville win the UK title or should Pete Dunne be the cruiserweight champion? And also, which would be better for business? Oh, this is easy. Okay. This is easy. Okay. Pete Dunne is cruiserweight champion. That's better for business. Uh, 205 Live, consistently. Do you look up and see how much Pete Dunne weighs? Uh, I think he's 205. <laughs> he is 205. Very good. So he qualifies. Okay. Uh, 205 Live has been struggling in the ratings. Um, they, they get brief pops. Sort of like when Enzo debuted, uh, when Sasha was on that one time, it got a bit of a jump. But by and large, it's either in the lower half of the top ten or out of the top ten completely. Um, Pete Dunne, in a very short amount of time, he's become a massive uh, massive star um, in the WWE Universe. Whenever he shows up at NXT, huge pop. Whenever he shows up at a TakeOver, huge pop. People like the bruiser weight. Here's what you do. You send Pete Dunne to 205 Live. He destroys everybody. He wins the Cruiserweight title. Renames it the Bruiserweight title. Mm, Custom belt with this bear logo on it. He rocks that thing for at least two years. Establishes it as an... uh, Adds prestige (coughs) to that title. You're just describing what Neville's already done. Neville doesn't have a custom belt. He hasn't had it for two years. They're not going to let him do that. He's had it for damn near a year. No, he got the Royal Rumble. He's had it for about eight months. That's a long time. It is a long time, but it's not two years, Steve. I would have said five months if I actually thought. I, I thought I, w- I was literally just lying out my teeth right no, now. No, he wanted the rumble. Like eight months. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, he lost it to Tazawa for oh, a day. five days. Yeah. Um, but if you want to... Pete Dunne has star power. Mm-hmm. Uh, people love him. They love his work. Well, he's got star potential. You know, he gets pops. No, he, yeah, he gets pops. He has star power. He's young. You can develop that entire uh, uh, property around him. Um, he can carry that show. For two years, easily, uh, do it. Here's the problem with that. Bruiser weight. Here's the problem with that. There's no problem with that. You and I both love 205 Live, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Where, what is 205 Live? It's a dumping ground. Unfortunately. Right. It is an afterthought. Vince McMahon does not care about that. Pete Dunne, huge star? Yeah. Massive star? Yeah. Right. Why would you want to but do that? But here's the thing. We Why were, would you do that to him? We were talking about a while ago about uh, 205 Live, how to elevate it and... and it, you know, I've been saying for a while that I want more crossover between 205 Live and Raw, and you're saying, no, just elevate the prestige of the belt. So it's conceivable that at some point down the line, the Cruiserweight title can be defended in the, in the main event of a pay-per-view. Yeah. Who better do that than Pete Dunne? Yeah, but Neville's already done what you're talking about. Listen, not Neville, really. Not to the degree that Neville, Pete Dunne can. Neville needs to win the UK title. You know why? Because Neville's already cleared out the Cruiserweight division. That's why. He has nobody left, left to fight. He needs to vacate that damn thing. Move over to... Whatever they're doing, back the to NXT. Time. I, I know, I know, I know. Look, man, have I don't know if they have to establish a UK show or what they have to do, but have Neville start. Tell me, you wouldn't want to see Neville versus Pete Dunne, Neville versus Wolfgang, Neville versus Trent Seven and Tyler Bate. That'd be fantastic. I want to see Neville carry both those titles. He goes to NXT, yeah, to fight the the other UK guys. I think that'd be fantastic. Well, part of Carlos's question, though, too, is what would be best for business? Do you think Neville going down to NXT, going to NXT, 
to, to capture the UK title is necessarily best for business. Yeah, you know why? Because it elevates NXT. Because it's a guy who's established on main roster. It's a guy who has carried that Cruiserweight title, has established it, who's elevated it. And then he goes to NXT, thereby reestablishing NXT as another top brand. That's why. Because at that point, Neville will start transcending shit. That's why. Because Neville then can go up to main roster, come back down to NXT. He just has belts all over the place. Have him carry the tag titles with uh, Jordan Devlin. I don't know. All right. I don't know who. But uh, with, with Seth Rollins. It's hard not to think, though, if, if for anybody in the main roster to go to NXT to think of it as a step down for them. No, I agree. I agree totally. And I'm sort of only sort of half arguing this properly. Uh, but I would love to see Neville take on the UK kids. I would love to see him win that UK title because I do think that there's there's an element in me that does believe it's like, man, he's really cleared out 205 Live. That's one thing 205 Live definitely needs, and they kind of did it with Enzo. They need they need to update their roster. Influx of talent. They need an influx of talent. Give me Pete Dunne, bruiserweight champion. Mm, Pete Dunne needs to go straight to Maine. Well, yeah, he does. Well, that's I mean, that's 205 Live, isn't it? It's not Maine. It's not Maine. Because he can use that, hold that bruiserweight title for two years. Stop calling it that. It's great. It'd be custom belt. What is everybody bear. else going to fight for in 205 Live? Mid-card belt. I don't know. Oh, yeah. There you go. The chance to lose to Pete Dunn. <laughs> That's what they're fighting for. <laughs> there you go. So after clearing out 205 Live for two years, holding that belt for two years, he just drops it and says, I'm on to other things. Up to the main roster he goes. Within the man, man, uh, time of six months, he's a universal champion. He's beating Brock Lesnar. Yeah, clean, exactly. Yeah. Clean. Bitter end for Brock. I like it. Did Nigel McGuinness call Tyler Bates, Tyler Driver 97, a Tyler Bomb? I didn't notice. He said, I'm pretty sure he said he was setting him up for a Tyler bomb. He better not change that name to not to Tyler Driver 97. That's oh, the I best agree. name. Yeah, that's good. 90, keep the 97 in it. Too. Yes, you're here born. Hey, I would love to see. I, I like this question, though, because I would really love to see Neville fight some of the UK guys. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. I think it'd be a blast. We saw him show up at the UK tournament. He fought and, Tommy End. Yeah, exactly. And that was so much fun. I would love to see him do that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take for us to believe NXT as its own brand, you know? I mean, I know it is, but instead of everybody chomping a bit for people to get called up, like, I, it's it's such a fun thing. And mm-hmm. I would love, if there's anybody on main roster, or on, you know, I know you say 205 Live is main, it is. Um, if there's anybody I'd like to see back down to NXT, Neville would be up there. Because Neville could, Neville could take, like, you know, take on the UK guys. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Next question from, uh, how would you pronounce this again? I think it was Kagon of the West. Yeah. Let's see what Mr. of the West has to say. Oh, hello there, friendos. My name is Kagon of the West. Uh, because I am a rather shallow human being, I feel like I'm going to talk about aesthetics when it comes to this debate topic. I think... I should preface by saying this. I'm going to piss you off, Steve, because my favorite color in the whole world is purple. And I think that 205 Live looks perfect the way it is. Obviously, the crowd and all, and some of the booking decisions and all that kind of stuff, that needs to change. And I wouldn't mind a little bit of orange added into it for good measure. But I think 205 Live, aesthetically, looks fine. I'm not a big fan of that little video game character that I have, but whatever. But my debate topic is one of you has to defend the way that 205 like looks now, and the other one has to explain why they need to change it, and obviously both sides need to explain their opinion. Anyway, that's a good one. Thank you, Mr. Of the West. Thank you very much. So, Steve, you've been pretty vocal about your, your dislike for the aesthetics of 205 Live. Hang on, of the West has an 
awful, awful taste. Awful taste. Purple is a horrible color. It's ugly. It's not royal. Burgundy is royal. Well, historically, purple is the royal color, Steve. Yeah, but burgundy is the shit when it comes to... Burgundy is sumptuous. Yeah. Especially in velvet. If I was a king, I would eschew purple from the kingdom. Okay, you'd be breaking tradition. Full stop. No, a lot of them wear red, like dark red. Burgundy. Okay. Yeah, anyways. Uh... Change 205. Yeah, of course we change. Of course we change 205's life. I've said this before. Make it black and white. Make it black and white. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beoring. 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 Yeah, of course, change it. It's so ugly right now. Oh, video game character you love? He's horrible. No, he said the He's video ugly. game character was no good. Oh, I thought he said he liked him. No, I said he didn't like him. Really? Yeah, I thought so. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. Anyways. Uh, if you liked him, you're wrong. If you didn't like him, then we're on the same page. Uh, but yeah, James is black and white. That's the best color scheme. Nobody's using it right now. Well, what are you going to change it to? I'm not going to change it at all. It's ugly. No. The video game character is awful. I'll give you that. But the when they do the, 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 the matchup graphic with, with, say, Cedric versus Brian Kendrick, and one side of it has that kind of purple hue, one of them has the, the red-orange hue, and they got the, the font that kind of has a, a neon glow to it. It looks great. Yeah, I don't hate that. You know what? You know what the aesthetic should be? Um, sorry. You know the interstitial they do for it with a blonde Akira Tozawa? That is a distinctly different aesthetic, even though it sort of shares the same color scheme. So I think the color scheme is fine. The, the video game uh, wrestlers, too cartoonish. The logo's pretty mediocre. Yeah. But like when they have the, the, the Titan Tron up and they have the graphic for the show, if you look at the smaller Titan Trons around, they got the, 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 the purple fill and then the stroke, the highlight is that kind of red orange. And yeah. it looks really good. Yeah. It's very striking. Yeah. It's a decent contrast. I don't like purple. I know you don't like purple. There's no really way around it. I don't have a problem with purple. Yeah, I think purple's white. fine. I think the ring rope, the ring design is too purple heavy. Get more orange in there. Here's what you do. You, you know, black and white is not the way to go. It's going to make the show feel boring. My favorite design aesthetic is NXT. It's not just because it's yellow, but I'm a huge fan of yellow. Yeah, you like yellow a lot. But it has a it has sort of a punk, gritty feel to it. Mm-hmm. Like that opening resistance, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very gritty. <coughs> you take that, you flip it to black and white, and you got your, your 205 Live. It Make it feel underground. That's why it should be. Here's the thing. That's why it should be held in armories. That's why it should well, be you're not just changing the aesthetics of the show. You're changing the entire format of the show, and that's not the question. Yeah, because the main problem is the aesthetics. The main problem is the crowd. You need to put it in front of 400 people. Ideally. Yeah, Although, you know, the show this week, you, you know, you had Drew Gulak getting the entire, or a good portion of the crowd uh, doing uh, Kiritazawa's chant. I feel like the last few weeks, people have been getting slightly more into the show. Yeah, because Enzo's there. They need it Whatever it takes. Talent. Whatever yeah. it takes. No, I agree. I know. But, like, I people know. are getting into the matches. They're getting into the storylines a little bit. But I don't think they're ever going to be fever pitch. And those, some of those matches demand a fever pitch audience. Oh, I know, but we can't, but, you know, if we're just going to answer uh, Kagan's of the West question here, we can't ship this into the ECW arena or, or the American Legion Hall. Hammerstein. Yeah, we can't do that. There's still, the, the, the taping still happened right after SmackDown. No, change that. Well, that's not the question. Ratings go up. Not the question. But anyways, if, if, you, if you change the aesthetic to strictly black and white in a large arena, it's going to be so dull. Mm-hmm. 
You need color. You need vibrant. No. You need vibrant, especially for that show when people kind of sit on their hands anyways. You need vibrant colors. Go back to, like, just take NXT's old theme song. The roar of the crowd, 205, live is great. There you go. There's your new theme song. No, that's terrible. (laughs) 205, live is great. Awful. We like smaller men flying around. It is great. Perfect. No, it's bad. Comes for me, comes for me. Terrible. And then, oh... Anyways, moving on. Vincent Palmieri, our old friend Vincent Palmieri, is back with a question. Let's see what he says. So, debate topic is uh, wrestling styles between hardcore wrestling and tag team wrestling, something we saw a combination of both in the Usos and the New Day on SmackDown. Which is better? Which do you prefer? Each of you take a side. Hardcore wrestling, tag team wrestling. Go. Thank you, Vincent. He says, what do you prefer, hardcore wrestling or tag team wrestling? Oh, tag team wrestling. You know why? Story. Hardcore wrestling is usually just all about hurting the other person, making them bleed everywhere. And most of the hardcore matches, for the most part, are largely devoid of story. Mm. And as such, you just get uh, uh, violence, Mm -hmm. bloodshed. Yes. Occasionally people, unfortunately, being set on fire. Why is that a bad thing? It's all bad because it gets boring real fast without something to get you invested emotionally in the, in what's going on in the ring. Yeah, two guys are trying not to die. That's the ultimate form of, of storytelling. Not really. Who can survive this crap? But this, uh, Why would they only do this so to far. each other? Hold on. Wait Questions. for your turn. Whereas tag team wrestling, there's story involved. Granted, WWE is typically the... Who's going to get the hot let tag? Let me finish. In WWE, yes. That is pretty formulaic in terms of how they tell their stories. Generally, we're one of the face... Uh, members of the, uh, of the uh, one of the members of the face tag team will get isolated in the heels corner and they wait for the hot tag. Yes, but look at uh, tag team wrestling in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Completely different story. They tend to uh, wrestle, especially in their six man matches, under lucha libre rules, where it doesn't have to be a tag. Yeah. If someone leaves the ring, another member of that team could enter the ring. It makes for more exciting matches, more uh, some interesting storytelling options. And you don't get any of that, typically, in hardcore matches. You just sit there and pray that you don't see somebody die in front of you. <laughs> and uh, I've been in a situation in an XPW show where I thought someone was going to die in front of me. It was not fun. You're I did not, not get anything one. out of it. It was awful. It was, it, was, it, it, it was a source of nightmares for me. Oh, yeah. I don't like that. I have a hard time like sitting through hardcore matches anymore these days because it, it, I, I can't handle the, the prospect of someone getting seriously injured, or dying while watching these matches. Give me tag team wrestling any day oh, of the week. man, you know what? You need to sack up, be a man. Only, you know why you don't like, you know, you know why you don't like hardcore wrestling? You're not a real man, Larson. That's why real men like to see real men puncture each other, stab each other, shoot each other sometimes, light bulbs going off, like inhaling all that, what do they call it? Fluorescent stuff. Fluorescent yeah, stuff. It, but it's not good for you. Yeah, I was watching a Kevin Steen shoot interview from just before he went to WWE, and he was saying that he was going to be, he wanted to be in a hardcore match with uh, Zandig, and he was saying, you know, the only thing I wouldn't do is those light bulb things. You know why? Because he's not a real man. Oh That's why gosh. real men like to inhale those light bulb fluorescent fumes, the powder stuff. Oh, it's great. I've seen some matches some hardcore matches on internet where they would like put syringes into each other. I don't know what's inside of them. It's messed up. Give me hardcore wrestling. If you were there and saw someone got their punctured by a syringe, you'd probably vomit. 
Exactly. Put me in there. Hardcore wrestling includes vomit. Look at Gigi Allen. That dude was the first hardcore wrestler there was. Uh, but he's also absolutely repugnant. He's also very dead right now. Um, yeah, tag team wrestling's boring, though, man. It's just waiting for the hot tag. Not in New Japan, same though. damn story not every Japan, time. Not, not in, in Lucha Libre. It's exciting. There's stories being told. It's all about getting the hot tag. Just in WWE. Broaden your mind, man. Broaden my mind? Broaden. Broaden your mind. There's oh, more man. tag, more to tag team wrestling than just WWE-style tag team wrestling. You tell me you didn't mark out when Kevin Owens and Kevin Steen headbutted Vince McMahon. That little blood comes circling out. You're like, oh, yeah, blood lust. I'm not anti-hardcore. That. I'm not anti-aspects of hardcore wrestling. Who's the best wrestler of all time? Terry Funk. Bruiser Brody. Abdullah the Butcher, you know, that's what I'm talking about. XPW, I was there. I saw a man get lit on fire. I almost saw him die. You know what? I'm sad I didn't. I'm joking. That would have been terrifying. I still have nightmares about yeah, that. Yeah, it's awful. That's I don't want to see that. Oh, it's terrible. Not anymore. But tag team wrestling's so boring. No, it's not. We were there to see Rapongi Vice take on the Young Bucks. At, uh, oh, it was the like G1 one of the best match of the year. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 uh, that wasn't tag team wrestling. Though. Yes, it was. Was it the Elite versus uh, Pentagon Junior, uh, Flamita and Phoenix at the PWG show? Hey, too. Good job remembering team, all those names. Tag team wrestling, and it was awesome. Pentaceto M. Yes. How do they do it? M Seto M. It's, hmm? it's zero fear. Zero miedo. Miedo. Mierda. No, that's something else. That's the dookie. Yeah, that's zero poop. Hardcore <laughs> 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 wrestling's terrible. Yeah. But tag team wrestling's boring. I'd rather have terrible over boring. No, <laughs> it's not all tag team. Like, how many of the, the New Day Uso matches? Oh, it's great it's wrestling. It's been great. It's been really good. Really good storytelling. I'd rather see somebody bleed a no. lot. Yeah. No. I was watching, you know what I watched the other day? I watched the debut of the Age of the Fall. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, it yeah, Jimmy yeah. Jacobs, yeah. Tyler Black, and uh, Necro Butcher? Mm-hmm. Where they raised up one of the Jay Briscoe. Briscoe kids, and all the blood was just falling. Oh, it was great. Give I mean, me more of that. It's, it's striking imagery. Yes. Oh, it was brilliant. It was great. It's fantastic. But I don't want to see people hitting each other with, with light bulbs or getting tossed into a shopping cart full of fluorescent bulbs and having them rip all the skin off of their shins. Uh, it's so, not fun. I'm so soft. I'm so soft. I don't want to watch that. Fine. Call me soft. I want to get coddled. That stuff's terrifying. It is. Next up, Patrick Sparks. Well, yeah, how's the question? Who is the best referee ever? That's your debate question. Any promotion, doesn't matter. Who is the best ever? Thanks, Randos. Thank you, Patrick Sparks. Thank you, Patrick. Nick Patrick, best ref ever. Give me a break. Come on. You saw NWO sold out. How does that guy, he can work heel, he can work, work face, <laughs> <laughs> he had a base backwards baseball cap on his Nick Patrick. He's the best ref of all time. Give me a break. You can't come up with a better ref. I mean, when we were trying to decide who we were going to pick, he was like, Nick Pat for you, Nick Patrick or Little Nate. You weren't even sure on Nick Patrick. So don't sit here and act like you're speaking with a ton oh, of conviction. Little Nate is number, high in number two. No, number one is easy. Them Hebner twins, too. Red Shoes in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He is the greatest ref. He adds, he adds to the match. He adds to the drama of the match. I can never get enough of this when someone's in a position where both of them are down and he'll start telling people to go pin each other. Yeah. That's great. That's adding urgency, intensity yeah. to the match. Yeah. It's great. Red Shoes is the best ref ever. You know, I think we're the both. level of energy he brings to the matches is great. I think we're both wrong. You know who the best ref ever was, right? Michael Hayes. Oh, no, he was the worst. He was, he was the absolute he was worst. He the best. In terms of being an effective, impartial ref. 
awful. He wrestled shirtless, and he would regularly no, he refereed shirtless refereed, and in, and in after, after washed jeans, and he would regularly attack Ric Flair. That's not being a good ref. That's being a bad ref. That was great. That was amazing. No, it's Nick Patrick. It's uh, Red shoes. them Hebner kids, those weird twins. It's uh, little Nate, Mike Kyoto. Uh, yeah, he's okay. I think it's Chioda, by the way. Uh, uh, Drake Younger in NXT. He's good. Danilo the ref. Yeah. He's good. Um, Red Shoes, though. Red Shoes. Yeah, Red Shoes is pretty good. But give me Nick Patrick. Come on. He fought Earl Hebner. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was great. Over best ref. And Even when he was heel ref, he seemed bored. <laughs> nah, he was into it. Remember they had that, like, camera, like, on the... Just keep pointing. Yeah, that's all you gotta just do. Keep on doing that. No, nah, Red Shoes brings so much to matches, man. He brings energy. Who, he brings let me ask this, who's what? the best... Who's ever the best special guest ref? Shawn Michaels. Oh, Stone Cold. Shawn Michaels. everybody gets stunners at the end. Doesn't matter who wins, you get a stunner. Shawn Michaels and Hell in the Cell between Triple H and Undertaker. That was the best performance oh, that was ref that was good. I've ever seen. Because really he added a ton to the match. All right, Larson. It's time for power rankings. Power rankings. And so every week, Larson and I, we power rank certain aspects of the WWE or wrestling in general. It always has to do with power because it's a power. It's your ranking power. This week. Because of the WWE Network survey that went out to a legion of a legion of WWE Network subscribers, minus me apparently, um, we're going to talk about power. The top five power plays the WWE could pull to improve the WWE Network. What are the yeah. top five things they could do? They can exercise their power, power to improve the WWE Network. All right, number five. Number five. Uh, Offline viewing. Offline viewing. See, I think that's great. Great power play. Yes. I don't think any wrestling streaming service has offers offline viewing. Any, wait, did you say wrestling service? Yeah. Okay, good, yes, wrestling service, that's correct. Wrestling service. Netflix's offline viewing is great, by the way. I imagine having the entire WWE Network's library at your hands offline. Doesn't work that way. You have to pre-select. I understand that. Okay. You can pre-select it, have it on your phone. Then it, okay. I, know, I understand how Making it works. Make sure that you understand offline means you don't have access. No, but you have, when you are online, you have access to the entire network. Okay. You can download what you want. All right. And then when you're offline, watch it. Making sure you, you understand that. You still have that. access to it, but not necessarily immediate access Number to it. four. Number four. Impact Wrestling Library. Yes, it's about to say the TNA tape library. There you go. Because then you can see the glory days of Impact when they had a very, very good opportunity to take down the WWE. Well, they never, never had actually had a chance. Number three, I'm going to say the Ring of Honor tape library. Okay. Can you include... Uh, okay. Good. Because then you have uh, matches of the, the, the early days of CM Punk, mm-hmm. Samoa Joe, mm-hmm. Daniel Bryan. You had the, the rise of the age of the fall. Yes, that's what you're excited about. And you can I see was, the entire was, run of the Briscoe Brothers. I was looking at that DVD so I can get it in high quality on, oh. on uh, eBay, but then I didn't buy it. Uh, number two, two, bring back ECW as a TV 14. No, TVMA Network Weekly Series. You can say F in TVMA. No, you can't. TVMA is still... Yeah, I don't think you say F. Really? I don't think so. So what, what, what rating would it require for people to be able to say the F word? Um, it just would TVA? TV adult? I don't think there is a rating though to do that. Well, I mean, it only applies to shows. Oh, it applies to cable. Yeah, so it has to be MA. Yeah, it has to be MA. But how many cable shows say F in it? A lot. Well, no, I'm not not about pay ones. Like HBO, you can. Yeah, but they're still rated, aren't they? They're no. still TVMA. No, they don't have Yeah, to they are. 
They don't rate that. Yeah, they do. You're crazy. I've seen episodes of, of, of shows on HBO before they have the opening graphics say this show contains blah, 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 and has a rating next to it. You know what? You were talking about refs earlier? Yeah. I thought about this. I didn't get a chance to say because you were talking nonsense. Red Shoes, best ref. Well, you know they should, You know how New Japan has those little experiential pieces? They should do a new one for Red Shoes. That'd be great. Red Shoes Diaries. That's great. That's good. Anyways, number two, bring back ECW's TVA. Yeah. So you can have nipples. There you go. That's, yeah. And uh, and Dingus. Okay. Man, talk about TVMA. You know a new James Franco show? The oh, yeah, one yeah, HBO? Yeah, 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 the Deuce. There, too. There's literally erect penises in that. The, the very first shot is him walking down the streets of New York when it was back when it was all seedy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he walks by a phone booth, and there's a guy getting you know, having oral done on him, and then she moves her head, and there's just like a nasty, oh, my goodness gracious, what is happening in the world? Um, number one, and I'm bringing this up strictly because it's mentioned in their survey. They're going to buy New Japan. New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's not even just buying their tape library. Buy New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because they said, I think in the survey, what do you want us to buy? New Japan Pro well, Wrestling. Well, and then later on the survey. We're talking about hubris. After what you're interested in, it says, what dollar amount would you attach to these services if you, they were offered to you? So I think they're actually saying, okay, let's see how much money we can collect from our fans so we can buy New Japan. How many subscribers? So if everybody kicked in $100, if every subscriber kicked in $100, would that be enough to buy New Japan? That'd be $1.5 billion, wouldn't it? I think so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what... That'd be enough. Maybe. should be enough. I don't know. You get for half that. There you go. Power plays the WWE could do to improve the network by New Japan Pro Wrestling. Number one. Obviously Because they're the only wrestling uh, promotion in the world that can conceivably, with all the resources available to them, to compete with WWE. Yeah, that's true. It's the only organization that's possible. How much do you think they buy Impact for? How much money you got in your wallet? (laughs) How many Okada dollars? Two Okada dollars. 200,000 Okada dollars. 200,000, yeah. Uh, Anyways, that's it. Uh, Let us know what you guys think in the comments. Until next time, we'll talk later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.